0: Hi there, and welcome to our Monday broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, online at highlands.us. Well, we are continuing our journey through the book of Genesis, and today we come in just at post-flood, and we'll take a look at what that looks like out of Genesis chapter 9, that is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Leighton Sheely. As we continue exploring pretty much pre-culture, all of those things our culture says are myth and understanding what God's truth really is all about. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton now. Again, Genesis chapter
1: 9 for today's broadcast of Study, Verse by Verse. Let's read together chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. In your hand they are delivered. Note the word fear. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, It's blood. You might recall back in chapter 1 and chapter 2 that that God gave Adam and Eve uh, the fruits and plants to eat when he was establishing them in their garden home, home. But after the flood, he expanded the human diet to include meat. It would seem that Noah and his family didn't have the same kind of dominion over the animals as Adam and Eve enjoyed because instead the animals would now fear humans And, of course, try to escape death. God did put one restriction on the eating of flesh, and that is that the flesh must not contain blood. The meat must not contain blood. What God said to Noah concisely, he later expanded and elaborated and clarified through Moses that the life is in the blood and that life must be respected. And by this restriction, God revealed his concern for animal life. The life is in the blood. That life comes from God. Life should be respected. And then from instructing Noah about the shedding of animal blood, he now proceeds to discuss an even more important topic, and that is the shedding of human blood. And, and for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it. And from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Thus far, mankind didn't have a very good track record in taking care of each other. Cain had killed his brother Abel. Lamech had killed a young man for uh, causing him some kind of injury and then bragged about it. And God described the earth as being filled with all kinds of violence of And so now God puts the fear of humans into animals and he wants to put the fear of God into humans so they don't destroy one another. It says very clearly that God will require a reckoning. Those who kill their fellow human beings will have to answer to God for their deeds because men and women are made in the image of God. It is the Lord who gives life. And he alone has the right to authorize it being taken away. God said to know, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. And Exodus chapter 20 contains the Ten Commandments, one of which is, thou shalt not murder. But if you keep reading the very next chapter, chapter 21, it contains commands to terminate a human life if a person chooses to behave in certain manners. In other words, a person can abrogate or lose their right to life by, for instance, murdering someone or kidnapping someone. And it's here in Genesis chapter 9 that God established human government. Human government and capital punishment go together, as Paul explains in Romans chapter 13. Government authorities carry the sword and have a right to use it so long as they are operating under and within God's delegated authority. Human government has its weaknesses and limitations, but government is better than anarchy and everybody doing what's right in their own eyes. That anarchy describes the world as it was in the days of Genesis chapter 4 when Lamech killed this young man for merely offending him and then bragged about it. The question arises, why why didn't some judge require him to stand before the judge and give an account? And the reason is that before the flood, there is no indication in Scripture of any civil government. There was no government before the flood. The Bible speaks only of God's Spirit contending with or wrestling with men who are filled with violence. And so it is God, not humans, it is God who establishes government here in chapter 9 to punish murderers and to see that true justice prevailed. The theology of God's form of government is that government exists to protect and serve the people. Government exists to serve and protect its people. We're going to find that there's a different form of government introduced to us in Scripture in the next chapter. Now, some people think that God has given governments unlimited authority to kill whomever they will, and take whatever they want, death and taxes. Well, that's just not so. And there's a story provided for us in First Kings chapter 21 about King Ahab, his wife Jezebel, and a vineyard that belonged to a citizen named Naboth. Here's the story in First Kings chapter 21. Sometime later, there was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth, a Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, let me have your vineyard to use as a vegetable garden, since it's close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or if you prefer, I'll pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my father's. So Ahab went home sullen and angry because Jaboth, the Jezreelite, had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife Jezebel came in and asked him, Why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, Because I said to Naboth, the Jezreelite, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel's wife said, Is this how you act? As king over Israel, if I can paraphrase it, don't you know that you are the king and the king can have anything he wants? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. And so she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them, and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters, she wrote, proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in a prominent place among the people. But see two scoundrels opposite him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and the king. Take him out and stone him to death. You know that false accusations and paid false witnesses are nothing new in human history. It goes back a long ways. And finding corrupt local officials who will carry out godless instructions are never hard to find. So the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city did as Jezebel directed in the letter she had written to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth at a prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people saying, Naboth has cursed both God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. As soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Get up and to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite that he refused to sell you. He's no longer alive but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. Now you remember that Naboth had said that this vineyard had been in his family for many generations. And, but No longer, because Ahab and Jezebel had somehow or other created a death tax and a state tax. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite, prophet of the Lord. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, "This is what the Lord says: In the place where dogs lift up Naboth's blood, dogs will lift up lick up your blood, yes, yours." So through the prophet Elijah, God said to King Ahab, "You have murdered a man and stolen his property." Now, wait, uh, doesn't a king or a government have the right to kill whomever they wish and take whatever they want? No. Not according to God. So Elijah went to visit the king, and Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me, my enemy. You have found me, my enemy. Elijah was not an enemy of the king. But any godless king or government who sees those who live for or speak on behalf of God, whether they be prophet, priest, or citizen... That government sees, that godless government sees them as an enemy. One of the surest ways of identifying a godless government is that they persecute godly people. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to bring disaster on you. I will consume your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nahab, or that of Baasha, son of Ahijah, because you have provoked me to anger and have caused Israel to sin. Note that Ahab and Jezebel not only sinned, but they also caused Israel to sin. Corrupt government promotes corruption. Corrupt government causes others to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who die in the country. You're not going to escape God's judgment. So clearly God does not take lightly when those who are in authority abuse those to whom they have been entrusted to serve. They will receive a harsh judgment whether that be in this world or in the world to come.
0: And that will close out today's study verse-by-verse as Pastor Leighton Sheely has taken us back to God's Word that we might understand God's design for our lives, this culture, and society with which we live in. For details about today's program or Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, we encourage you to visit highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then join us tomorrow for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.